You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White, and today I'm talking you through seven considerations for choosing a program platform. Now, as a coach, when it comes to offering a program and its associated content and interactions to your clients, there are so many ways that you can do it. So today I want to help you to break it down and get really clear on how to choose an online platform that is right for you and your clients. Let's first start by answering, well, what is a platform? When I say platform, I'm referring to the online space that hosts the content you include in your program that both you and your clients will access. Ideally, a platform provides content in a way that's really easily accessible for your clients. It's visually appearing and it's a logical or intuitive order or layout so that they can get in and navigate it easily. Platforms are many and varied and they perform different functions and have different levels of complexity. So when it comes to choosing a platform, there are what I consider to be seven main considerations to help you to get it right for your program and your audience. And I'm going to talk you through these now. The first consideration is what is the main function of the platform? You need to know what your audience wants to get started. But the, really the question is, is it going to be primarily for delivering content or is it also needing to have a community function or a forum in it? Or does it facilitate communication between you and your clients in terms of email or direct messaging or is it a mix of these? You really need to go out and do that initial research with your market to find out how they want to receive the information and what would be easiest and most logical for them. And this is a huge consideration when picking your platform. It needs to be fit for purpose. So you really need to start by looking at the main function. If it's going to be a community-based platform because your ideal clients want that as the primary feature, then that's going to influence your final choice of platform and also the way you structure the program or membership or whatever it is. So that leads into the second point, what is it that your audience wants? Do they prefer to go with a platform that they're familiar with like Facebook or WhatsApp or are they okay to have something else? This is the second biggest consideration. You might know what they want in terms of functionality, but it needs to be also familiar to them. And so if they don't like the platform that you're using, if it's hard to use or not intuitive or if it takes them away from their daily activities, as in they have to log in to a different place where they don't normally go, they won't use it. And you might have signed up for courses or programs yourself and noticed that you get a barrage of emails reminding you to go back to the platform and log in. And that's one of the downsides of using an external or private platform or something on your own website is that it's a separate place to go to and you might need to also set up reminder emails for your clients. The third consideration is how user-friendly or intuitive is it? And I really recommend that you trial a platform before you buy or sign up. It's so important. You might need to set aside a couple of hours for each platform and to thoroughly go through and use all of the features. Is it easy to use? Can you figure out how to set it up? How would your clients go? If it's not intuitive or if it doesn't quite fit the structure that you want, then it's going to be hard for you and your niche clients to use it. 
If you have a focus group, it's a great way to get them to test it for you during your trial phase. So you might want to get them onto a Zoom meeting and screen share that with them or send them a link as a test user. And then do that again once you start building out the content. Invite them to join your platform and see how it operates and how they feel being a test user. Having that focus group is really helpful. I'm currently running a pilot program to help people build out pilot programs and we're going through this exact thing at the moment. So that user experience is really critical. Next is the question, well, how secure is it? Now, this is really important for certain professions. If you are a dietitian or a nutritionist, you may have to comply with certain privacy standards or if you're in the US. And different platforms have varying levels of security, so it's a key consideration, especially when it comes to your National Privacy Acts, GDPR, etc., but also your intellectual property. And I mentioned this one specifically with regard to social media platforms and your own websites. As you probably know, on social media, it really becomes the property of that platform. And they can deplatform you, shut you down, or technically own your content just as soon as you sign up. That's one of the terms and conditions. So being on a social media platform might have many benefits, like the community aspect and the functionality, but it may not be ideal in terms of privacy and the security of your intellectual property. The other one is on your website. And when you load content onto a website on a hidden page, for example, a WordPress website, it could be discoverable through random keyword searches. So make sure you choose a system or a plugin that doesn't expose your IP or the confidentiality of your members. Now, I had this experience recently. I Googled a particular search phrase because I wanted to see an example of something. And it was something to do with coaching curriculum or words to that effect. What came up was an 150-page training manual that belonged to a coaching school. So I immediately had access to their very high-end uh, training manual. Obviously not what they want. And I know of other people who have had content on a hidden WordPress web page where people have Googled that, found that content, downloaded it, and rebadged it as their own. And luckily, this organisation discovered that IP theft and was able to pursue the person. But who wants to do that? Not me. So you need to be really careful about how you store content on your web page. You're much better off to have a membership plugin and to make sure it has the right level of security so that your intellectual property won't be available. Hidden web pages aren't good enough in my, in my thinking. It's also important in terms of security that you have really clear disclaimers and policies about privacy, use of personal information, and the precautions that you're taking to protect those things, including a limited liability. You may need to seek legal advice for that, but you really want to be sure that when you're delivering content in a platform, it's either incredibly secure and encrypted or that, and or that you have those disclaimers. And I say actually and because you should have the disclaimers anyway and, and those liability statements. The next consideration is what doesn't the platform do? 
It's easy to get excited when you do a trial and think, wow, this platform's awesome. It does all of these things. It's so great. And believe me, I've been there before. But if you like a platform and get excited about it, you might later realise that it doesn't actually cover all of the functions that you need. So you need to really look at what it integrates with or what you might need to set up as a separate system. For example, your platform might allow you to upload content. It might allow you to um, have chats with people or share videos or those sorts of things. And maybe there's some email automation, but typically platforms are missing one or more of the following. Zoom meeting integration. Uh, some may not take payments. Many don't have built-in landing pages unless they are a, a CRM, customer relationship management platform, as opposed to a course platform. They may or may not include inbuilt email functionality. They may or may not include email automation, or they may or may not include booking links. So think about how the system operates, but also decide whether you need to switch to something that has more functionality but isn't quite as good, or whether you need to set up associated systems to deliver your program. The next consideration is how tech savvy are you and your audience? Simpler platforms, and even in the more manual form of sharing a Google Drive folder, for example, or printed worksheets, might suit some demographics and live audiences better. In this case, you will still need to have a digital platform to store and create files so that they are kept in a logical and sequential order and you can reference them easily. If your audience is familiar with tech, then they might be interested in something more complex. So ask yourself, how long is this platform going to take to set up? Do you have the knowledge or will you have to do a lot of training? These are two really important questions to ask yourself. You can always pay someone to set up a platform for you, but to me, this is a cost. And I think if you need to pay someone to help you set it up, it's probably an indication that it's too complex or it's too big for your needs right now. If someone sets it up for you, that's great, but you're still going to have to go through the process of learning it. So it may be better to start with something simpler and upgrade later when you're ready. The seventh consideration is how much content do your niche want and in what format? If your audience wants a lot of content, consider what the platform allows in terms of storage and if it's web-based, as in linked to your website, how that might affect your website's loading speed and performance. For example, website membership plugins are great. But if you're loading a lot of video files into the back end of your website directly, it'll take up a lot of space and it might slow down the site loading and it may not show up very well on a mobile device. And in that case, you'd be better to host your videos externally for, on a platform like Vimeo and then simply include links to those videos on your membership plugin rather than loading the video up there directly. Some platforms allow you to host a whole variety of different content formats like JPEGs and movie files and PDFs and documents and all sorts of things. And others are more restricted in what you can share. For example, Facebook groups allow you to actually record and save live videos on that platform to upload videos and to provide written and visual content. But in other platforms, 
you may not be able to upload vid video or audio files directly and have to use a third-party program like SoundCloud or Vimeo to provide a link to the file. In some platforms, you can only upload PDFs. So if the variety of content is important to you, you need to think carefully about which platform is going to best suit that need. So let's wrap up this conversation today. I've given you an overview of seven considerations to look at when you're choosing a platform to host content for your coaching program. There may be many others not listed here, but I think these are the main ones. And my real message to you is don't jump in too quickly. Think about how it will actually work when you're ready to use it. Test it yourself and get your clients to test it so you understand the user experience. And then you'll be best positioned to pick something that's the best fit and then start building it out in collaboration with your focus or pilot group clients. Thanks for being here today. I hope that's been useful. And if you need help building out a platform, get in touch. You can waitlist for my next pilot program build out course. Thanks for listening and bye for now.